Welcome back, everyone, to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James. I'm Michael. And I'm Christina. Wow, perfect harmony. Da, 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 da. Look at Good that. Job. Look at that. I figured you'd still do James Mods Mods Magno, but like I said last week, we're all we're all friends now. We, you know, our listeners know us. We don't we first name basis. We don't need all that jazz anymore. And that is how you know that I listened to last week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got him. We got him. <laughs> it was an excellent podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I actually, as I finished the podcast, I texted both of you and I said, great pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was a good one. It was a fun one. I mean, it's never the same. You know, we were we were discussing uh, during our, our, our live presentation that we're working out bugs with three people. It's a whole different dynamic when it's just two people, you're having a conversation, but it's, it's not the same when the third person's missing though, either. No. Yeah. And it never will be. It's that chemistry that you end up having after so many podcasts. And while we've only been doing three people for a while, we're sort of working out kinks there and it comes together. It feels like a nice little family and people around a, a fireside just chatting together. And then when someone's gone, you're like, well, where'd you go? Yeah. Oh, they went to go get marshmallows. Oh, I see. Well, he's going to get, we're having more s'mores. He'll be back. <laughs> Did you bring the marshmallows? Where are they? Oh, always right here. <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's get into the big news this week. There was a big Nintendo shareholders meeting. And from that, uh, they posted a big PDF. You know, Nintendo, they love to post a random PDF or PowerPoint in PDF form on their website. And then all the news outlets post like a thousand different news articles. So we just picked out some of our top favorite uh, news snippets from this shareholder meeting because uh, it's kind of cool news. And the first one is that the Nintendo Switch online service has officially hit over one, wait, over 10 million active <laughs> accounts. Almost at 100,000. That would have been 100 million. 100 million accounts. That would be way more than the Switch is sold. But 10 million active accounts, which is a pretty big accomplishment. We talked in April that it was getting close, but this means in a year, in a year, that's $200 million for free. Yeah. In quotes. How many of those 10 million do you think are from Twitch though, or the Amazon Prime? That's a good question. Uh, that probably put it over the 10 million mark. That's for sure. If so, and there was this includes trials. I'm pretty sure mm. as, as well. When we talked about it, and family accounts, there could be multiple in there. But even if half of this is pay, fully paid yearly subscriptions, you're still talking 100 million extra dollars for a service that did not exist. You know, on any other console that Nintendo's ever made. Yeah. And I, and I I would say half a million or half of this is at least safe. That's safe to say. Yeah. Five and million. Yeah. Yeah. At least five million accounts are active paying customers. I think that's a fair, a fair number and something that doesn't really cost Nintendo anything. I mean, really servers. What else? Nothing. I don't know. They haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> so I don't I can't see where else the added cost would be to them. When did Switch Online get released? That would have been the fall of the first year. So, so am I correct? That, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be curious to see what happens to that number this fall. I, I wonder if people will resubscribe because 
one of the articles that I found, I decided to read through the comments for which I don't normally do that. And a lot of people were saying they weren't going to resubscribe because the only thing they're getting is hmm. is the NES games. Or that's all that they see from the service as opposed to like buying the service so you can play like Mario Maker 2 and things like that. So I'd, I'd be curious to see if that number goes down. I don't know. You need the service to play the games online, though. Granted, I don't play them any yeah. games online. But if I want to play Splatoon, I need to have the online service. And even this week, some of the games that are coming out obviously utilize the service that actually have me pretty hyped up. But for me, I'm I'm happy. For tw- it's twenty dollars a year. I mean, I literally spent more than that on coffee today alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I agree that it's a low cost, but I do think they could add some to it. I think I would pay more to had have added features brought into it i would love to see a better voice chat brought into it i would love to see maybe the super nes games brought into the into the mix maybe uh achievements and some better way of talking or dealing with friends i think those things need to be brought in to give this a more full fleshed out online experience but for $20 you have a handful of games you're able to play some stuff online there's some cloud saves it's hard to argue that price point. If you don't pay a lot, you don't get a ton, but you get enough, I think, to justify $20 for a year. A year. It, it's nothing. I think, too, that a lot of people are comparing it to other services like PlayStation, Xbox, and things like that. And because of that, they're like, oh, I'm paying for the service just like I'm paying for this Xbox service, but it's not near as good or Xbox says this, but Nintendo doesn't do this. Why don't they do this? It should be easier for them to do this. So a lot of the things that I also saw people say were they wanted more retro games beyond the just the NES games. I think we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, direct messaging, monthly games, kind of like what Xbox does or Xbox Gold. Um, easier friend matchmaking system, voice chat, all that stuff. They just want more. And I think it makes sense. You want to get more value for your money. And I mean, I'm the same way. I would definitely pay more money to get these things. So, I mean, I I love the idea of paying in more and getting those monthly games. Epic has been doing it with their store, yeah. which is working out great. And and I don't pay anything to Epic, and they'll give you a free game every two weeks. Some are great, some maybe aren't, but that's still pretty amazing that you have this ongoing full game for free every two weeks. Xbox does it. I think you get two in the beginning of the month and then two new ones at the second mm-hmm. half of the month, maybe. Granted, you pay more for it. But if Nintendo started, said, all right, we're going to bump it up to $30, $40. But now you're getting the option of two games free every month that you can download that are good games, not NES games, but maybe some you know, last year games or Wii U games. I think they would see this number go up even more. Not not fall off. I think it would climb. Yeah, I, I agree with that in general. They've given their themselves space to grow. So they starting at a low twenty dollars a year gives it space to grow if they want to upcharge and do a premium or a plus account. For me, for the twenty dollars a month, the only thing that I would really want to see fixed or added is 
better friend matchmaking and voice chat, which is a system-wide scenario. And that actually applies to what I'm paying for today, which is online games. I don't know if they're going to solve that in in the Switch. Maybe Switch 2 and they'll redo it. I just, I don't, they don't seem to be caring about it, but it is a problem for me mm-hmm. as we play more games together, especially around Fortnite. Granted, it even has chat built in, but I just want to turn it on and maybe you're playing a different game and let's just chat, you know? And right now, since my my Switch <laughs> headphone port doesn't work, I have to wait for the next console there, the next uh, controller to come out and hopefully that solves it. For me right now, we have to hop on Discord. I was just playing Fortnite with my buddy and he's on PC. So obviously there's you know different intricacies part there, but we had to hop on Slack and do a Slack call. And it's like, that's not convenient at all in general. And luckily I was by my computer. So for the upgraded thing, I don't mind. I would love to see discounts on games and other things. I'll, I'll, if they, that's the funny part is that if they, if you spend more, you end up just buying more anyways. Because when I had Xbox Live Gold, uh, I, I mean, I still do actually, but when I was buying tons of games on my Xbox, every time a game was on sale, I was like, oh, free game, I'm gonna get that. Well, oh, 50% off, I'm gonna grab yeah. that too. You know, get so, it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so something that they're doing Good. that I do think is smart, though, is they're doing the bundles now. So they have the game plus Nintendo Switch Online for a year. So they're actually showing consumers, like, physically, you're getting this, as opposed to you have the service you're paying for, and it's just in the air and the internet. I like that. I'm, I'm also curious, since one of the top selling games was with the online service, like, you know, what will happen in six months if people will keep doing it? But anyways, there's a lot more that they covered. Uh, one interesting part, talking about online connectivity gameplay, they were talking about the change from cellular networks from 4G to 5G. As we know, 5G is on the way and it started to roll out in some cities. It is supposed to be literally like 300 down, 300 up some crazy fast speed, faster than the internet in which we're streaming on now, which means it should for all intensive purposes, handle any online games. Furukawa said that they understand how great 5G is, they're looking into it. You know, they don't like to chase trends in technology. You know, they don't, and what what that means to me is they don't want to be the first ones out using that technology because one, it's going to, might be great, but it's going to cost a lot more to integrate. So you could imagine if they integrated a 5G chip, well, that's going to be a very expensive switch comparatively to putting an LTE chip in there. Now, they have experimented with cloud versions of games for uh, Japan for the Switch. And we've seen these. We've talked about these. These are really only for people with good uh, Wi-Fi connectivity today. For them, they'll say, well, they'll see where the future of cloud and streaming technologies go. It doesn't seem like they're all ready for it to go just in. Uh, but you know, they'll try to keep up as they see changes in the environment. So... No, they're looking on it. And honestly, 5G, by the time that becomes a worldwide, really scale thing, my personal opinion, that's Switch 2, Switch 3. I mean, I still go down the street and I don't have good LTE network. <laughs> I mean, they did this with the Vita. Remember, Vita, you could buy an LTE chip. And how well did that go? So uh, do would you either of you want a Switch with built-in 5G LTE capability? Would that be something you'd pay extra for and pay your cellular carrier for? Uh, it, it would really depend if this device becomes built for streaming games. If the hardware in this was only optimized so I could start streaming any game to it and play it, then I think I would. 
if that's the case, if that's the if that's the direction it goes. Obviously, you don't want that all the time because one of the beautiful things about the Switch is you bring it everywhere you go and you may not have any sort of service. So you need to be able to have an actual game on the device. But if you can get the Witcher 3s with no you know, graphic issues, no kind of downstepping of any of those uh, hardware things, and we get the full device or full game to stream, I'd be all for it. I don't know if it really matters to me. I, I don't see myself going to a coffee shop and having to use my data to stream a game or play a multiplayer game. If I'm playing a game like that, I want to be at home on my couch, like relaxed. I don't really see myself using it the way I think people would need to use something like that. To me, it's a hard sell because you then have to, you're already paying a monthly fee for online service and yeah. then you're going to pay another fee to your cell phone provider. For me, I'm on T-Mobile and I can just tether. Like you were tethering, Michael, from the right playing Fortnite. I just tether. So I, it's Works not fine. even a problem. I have unlimited data on my phone. I tether it to my Switch and I was literally driving down the throughway. Well, not driving, riding down the in the car down the throughway, playing Fortnite. Yeah. And it was great. Maybe I don't have unlimited data, so maybe that's why it wouldn't affect me. I don't know. (laughs) You got to make that T-Mobile switch. Just do it. That's what I (laughs) say. You can't go down the street from Watts' house and play, but if you you have service. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's good. If you have service, it's good. I mean, I did make the switch from Verizon to T-Mo, and I'm I'm overall pretty happy, but outside of the city and smaller towns that we've visited – definitely some uh some issues here, but whatever it's fine it's fine it's i'm fine. saving i'm saving a lot every month and uh that's all and that you're matters. unplugging you're unplugging from technology it's actually a, it's a, a godsend really i mean you don't get emails you don't get texts it's <laughs> wonderful exactly uh, <laughs> on the final note that we wanted to point out uh, just about the nintendo switch is is it the core of their strategy like how long is it going to to stick around for uh, Furukawa said, the Switch is sticking around as long as humanly possible. I mean, heck, the Nintendo 3DS is still for sale. You can go get it, and there's not even games being published anymore. He said, we want the Nintendo Switch business to continue for as long as humanly possible. I added human, humanly in there. <laughs> and to its end, we will not only release a continuous stream of exciting titles, but also work to enhance our digital content and network services like the Nintendo Switch Online. So to me, all positives, these all sound like good things to me because, yes, I want my Switch to last for five, six, whatever years, even if I got to buy a new pro version yeah. to me. I'm for that. I mean, I, that's my that's my takeaway is that he's saying we're going to have other versions, but we're we're carrying the switch form factor. It's always going to be the yeah. switch, which Wait, I, Nint- I love Nin- Nintendo milk a system for as long as humanly possible. I don't believe it. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe, believe it. it. If they could still sell the Game Boy original and make money off of it, they would do that. I would oh, buy one. They, uh, they, they probably will. They did bring back those like little consoles and they. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. I'm in. I will give Nintendo all of my money for however long possible. So anyways, that was kind of the highlights. I can't wait in 20 years to play a, like a mini Switch that comes back in style. So it's like this big. Like you just Switch like, mini. You're like Switch Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tiny, tiny. So if you listen to the dispatch, you know we love our numbers. We love getting information. We love data. We love hearing about bestsellers. And we have some bestsellers. NPD video game industry analyst Matt P. 
Piscatella has revealed the top 10 best-selling Switch games in North America since the Switch launched. Now, we do want to say, and we were discussing this beforehand, this includes physical games as well as digital for publishers who are members of the Digital Leader panel. None of us have any idea what that means. It sounds ominous to me. It seems like this this umbrella corp type thing. I don't know what it means, but we do think that's potentially why we don't see any indie games in this top 10 breakdown, potentially. But to no surprise, Nintendo's got nine out of the 10. Number one, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number three is Breath of the Wild. Number four is Super Mario Odyssey. Five is Super Mario Party. Six is Splatoon 2. Seven and eight, respectively, is Let's Go Pikachu, then Eevee, followed by Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And rounding out the top 10 is the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Great lineup, great lineup, but I, I, I'm itching to see where some of our favorite indies fell into this list, and perhaps they are not part of this digital leader panel, whatever that is, but uh, is anybody surprised by these numbers? Is anybody surprised by where things fell? Uh, personally, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, number one, surprised me a little bit. I kind of figured Super Smash Brothers would have been in that number one spot. I'm surprised that it's not Breath of the Wild. At one. I mean, I know Breath of the Wild is hugely popular, but a lot of the times when we've seen these lists, we have seen it a little under like the 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 smash. Like that was always a takeaway that that was going to be beat Breath of the Wild and Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. They always seem to kind of go back and forth in the numbers, but uh, Smash is a hard one to beat, and clear, clearly Mario Kart did it. Yeah, for me, what's unique about this list, and Christina had the great idea of putting the dates on here. And, you know, Mario Kart Deluxe came out April 2017, like right after the system launch. Breath of the Wild was on your birthday, Michael. They released that game just for you. And the Switch. And the Switch just for you. It was a special birthday gift. And to me, what's really intriguing about this list is how short some of the games have been out to reach some of the spots that they're at. So for instance, uh, Pokemon has only been out for seven months, seven, eight months, and that's already both of them together, right? If you combine those, that would be number one. Those those two, two games in one, they would probably be number one. And Christina, I'll tell you why Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is on the top and not Zelda. It is because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the genius of that series is Every single person in the entire world, no matter what age, sex, location, loves Mario Kart 8. Because if you're a four-year-old, love Mario Kart. Mm. You're old, like me and Michael, love Mario Kart. And Zelda is definitely a larger range from teen to old, old James and Michael, but you're not getting a Switch and buying Zelda for your five, six-year-old. You're buying them Mario Kart 8. You're buying them Mario Party. You're buying them Pokemon Let's Go. That's kind of my theory in general on it. Uh, but I am really glad my final note is that one third-party game, even though it's a Mario game, hit the top nine because Mario and Rabbids, Kingdom Battle, phenomenal game. Very, very pleased with it. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, I think Deluxe is in the name. That's why they had to get the number one spot. <laughs> if it was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Deluxe, Deluxe. we could be seeing a whole new list here. Are there any games on here that you don't own? I own Mario Kart, Smash Bros, 
Zelda, Odyssey. I don't own Party. I own Splatoon. I owe, I don't own any of the Pokemon games. I own Mario and Rabbids and Smash Bros. U Deluxe. So like seven to ten. I don't own Mario Kart 8. I don't own Mario Party. And I don't own new Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Seven out of ten. I don't own any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm borrowing one. So I kind of sort of own it temporarily. (laughs) Yeah, that counts. That counts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get on then to some game news. Of course, I will kick this off with the most important article really this entire week is that my favorite game of all time in the humanity of video games, Tetris 99 is getting some more DLC love. That is right. And next weekend, a special event. So Tetris 99 is going to get a special DLC to include offline play with friends and family. So multiplayer offline support is going to come out uh, later this year. No other info yet. But most importantly, not only is that they're going to be DLC, but next weekend, so specifically from uh, July 12th at... 12 a.m. PT to July 15th, so the next weekend, this weekend upcoming here, is the, the final Splatoon fest ever, Splatfest ever, the Maximus, and I definitely need to get in on this. Uh, I will be back on, on the 15th, so I'm going to be definitely playing this. Uh, so got to get in on it, but they are having a crossover event. So it's the Tetris 99 Maximus Cup Splatfest edition. And what that means is if you participate uh, in the event, so aka just play the game this weekend, and you earn 100 points, you will unlock a special Splatoon theme in your game. And this will be just, uh, my imagining is just like the last event around the original Tetris theme, where you get to play with it on, and then you get to keep it if you get the 100 points. These are amazing, and I can't wait to get my theme for Tetris 99. Are you going to play, Michael? Um, Maybe. I mean, I'd like... I haven't played Splatoon 2 in a long time. I feel like I should play the last Splatfest. And it's not that I have any mm-hmm. problem with Splatoon 2. We just have all their games. I mean, I really yeah. love the game, but it just there's so much to that. You could almost just have that game and continue playing it. So I may jump back in for the Splatfest. I have not played a lot of Tetris 99 since it came out, but I do like the idea having the Splatoon theme for it. Uh, so I may jump in to, to, and try my hardest. I don't. Even, I can't even guarantee I'd get 100 points, but I would try to earn that theme. Now, Mats, you got the last theme. Is it in settings or something like that where you can use that theme all the time? Because you said you get to keep it, so you can just you can just activate the theme and play a normal game. Yeah, that's correct. In the options, you'll see a section where you can specify your theme, sort of in your control section, and that's my default. It's fun because. It not only changes the theme background, but it also changes the look and feel of your blocks from Mm. my remembrance. It's been a while. So definitely hop on and at least give it a try to say, because you'll get to play with the theme and then you can say, do I want to spend an hour Mm. to unlock this theme? Oh, that's good. So I still get to see it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. You get when the next weekend you will be playing with that theme no matter what. Oh, cool. So I've yeah. never played, but is getting to a hundred points like doable within an hour or two? Is it kind of difficult? Yes. Oh, okay. No, no. So you end up if you get into the top ten, that's ten points. If you get top five, it's like twenty points. If you win, that's a hundred points. Uh, last time, I, if you just play you get like anywhere between one and five points. So 
you could play a hundred games. That would be a lot of games. That would take some time. But in general, it took me, I think, an hour last time All right. uh, to play. So maybe an hour or two. So if I come in 98th spot, you're talking one point at a time. <laughs> I believe so. If my average so. is between a 98 and 75, we're looking at a, a few hours here. Yeah. yeah, you're looking at a few hours, yeah. yeah. So in other game news, uh, we have a kind of sort of update for Breath of the Wild 2. There were two job postings listed on Nintendo's official recruitment page. One was for a 3D computer graphics designer, and the other was for a level designer to work specifically on the sequel. Now, the locations are in Kyoto's head office, and they're accepting applications until the end of September. So to me, when I read this, I was like, okay, this means that it's definitely not going to come out as a stealth release this year. I did see a couple comments where people were saying, like here and there were little rumors saying, oh, what if it came out in 2019 is like a little surprise. But I, I don't think that'll happen if they're hiring people until the end of September. Uh, and I saw a couple other people saying maybe around 2021. So it looks like that might be more of the release date. But- when has Nintendo ever done like a game of this scale as a little surprise no, like nobody's gonna even... sneak breath of the wild 2 out there as a little here boom here you go congrats guys <laughs> you did a good year this year no we're gonna hear about that game six months before it even is close to being done and then every month after that it'll be a direct until we feel like we've already played the game that's what's gonna That's happen. True. Smash Brothers all over again. <laughs> yeah, they they do not sneak big games. They want to tell you all about it, so the hype can either get to crazy proportions, or yeah, you just get sick of the thing. But I, I mean, I I think that you are absolutely right. This is a ways out, which I'm I'm fine with. Take your time, make another masterpiece, and I'm I have no problem waiting. I mean, we're I'm not even done with the first one, so take your time. <laughs> Now, a game that is still in the works and we will be seeing very soon is Damon X Machina. If you remember a while while back, we got to play the demo for that. And the developers asked, give us feedback. Tell us what you think about this game. And people did. They, They really did give feedback. And I don't think a lot of it was good. Well, the developers released a trailer and I thought this was fantastic. Super transparent. Loved this trailer where they show... Um, all of the things they did, all of the major improvements and little improvements and tweaks and balances that they did for this game. In some cases, they did side-by-side comparisons so you could see, okay, the drop rate was you know too slow in the original version. Now we sped that up for this version. Certain things like the way the default buttons are and the equipment and whether or not you can get closer now and pick some weapons up. I mean, People are really, really being receptive to this. It seems like it's uh, really, they listened, which I think is great. One of the other big improvements was font size. So now you can actually read what is on the screen. I think that was a huge, a huge issue. It's funny, the other improvements that they don't consider major improvements, in my opinion, were bigger it, like issues sort of the radar visibility that was a that was a big problem um in general i think that these improvements are good borderline great i personally don't know if 
the game is for me. I I liked a lot of what I saw in the demo. I liked a lot of the upgradeability to your character. I, that was a surprise to me because I thought it was just a shallow mech shooter, but it did seem to have a story. But when I watched the story trailer, I couldn't tell you what the story is. It makes no sense. And this could be a fault of their bad trailer, and maybe I'll keep an eye on it and see, because I think if there's any depth to it and sort of RPG elements, this could be very, very good. But it's getting so close to release that I'm getting a little nervous. We're not really... It's kind of like Astral Chain all over again, in my opinion, where you're just not really feeling what this game is about too much. So it's hard for me to get super excited about it. If you are excited, they have also announced that they're doing a deluxe edition that will be going out with it. This includes a crazy case, a little statue, some games, some book stuff. So if you are excited for it, there's a beautiful deluxe edition that's going to be going along. I, I don't know. How are you guys? Did you did either of you? I know, Mats, you played this demo. I don't know. I don't think Christina picked it up. I don't know if you had your switch in time, but did this do anything for you after seeing the trailer? Are you excited for it now? Yeah, I mean, I watched this trailer. It was just a few minutes. I enjoyed they did side by side comparisons because after so long, you sort of forget. Oh, oh, okay, that does look better. That does look nice, and their tweaks and their fine tuning, and that's really important in the transparency and having a beta in which you ask for feedback and then actually implement the feedback is really nice. And you can tell that they're not going to change the entire game. They can't change the entirety of the entire game, but they're going to do as much as they can in the constraint and the times that they have. And for me, it definitely didn't move it up to like, I need to have this right now, this moment, but I was like, wow, that's really cool. They're really listening. And that means that they'll probably make changes like as the game continues on. And yes, pro tip for any game developer making any game anytime in the next 100 million years, always make your font sizes bigger, as big as humanly possible. Make them real big. big, So big, just so big and just in general. Uh, Anyways, Christina, did you actually get to play it at all or no? No, I never got a chance to actually play it, but I did watch Michael play it. And I have a question for you, I guess both of you. Now, when I watched Michael play through it and even talking to him after, he said that the combat actually felt kind of sluggish Mm. and slow. Did they mention anything about that in the trailer, like any adjustments they're making to that? There, there's things have been sped up with the combat. Now you have can lock on things like oh, that. Oh, I see it. Okay. There's, um, you know, the the ascend and descend has been sped up from the original speeds. So in theory, yes, it's going to go a little bit faster. It's going to at the, at the time when we played it, it did. It was very kind of clunky. It was it was sort of you're you're thinking you're going to play this high action game, and it took you forever just to do anything. Yeah, for me. One of the hardest parts of the game that they did address was around the boss battle where you couldn't tell how much life or how long it was going to be or what you're doing. And they now put the enemy's health meter visible, which is a very small thing to do. And you don't think about it because you're attacking this enemy. But in a game like this, where there's so much happening around you and you're trying to focus on a thousand different things, it made a lot of sense. So I'm, I am happy to see that in general change. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I will 
I would like to have another demo, right? Because that was time sandbox. I would like for them to release this game and release a demo, maybe a different stage just in general. I would like mm-hmm. to see that and then give some more feedback. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I need to travel to Japan to do right now, this moment is get some Pokemon themed Boba tea. <laughs> That's right. This summer, if you live in Japan, you can get yourself some Eevee milk bubble tea, Pikachu melon soda bubble tea, bubbles or matcha bubble tea, Pikachu bubble mango smoothie bubble tea, uh, plenty of Pikachu rainbow soda bubble tea, and a Mew watermelon smoothie bubble tea. These puppies will be available in the sweet Dynasty bubble tea drink bars all across Japan this summer. They look absolutely adorable. They have Pokemon themed cups. And of course, they have nice colors that are themed to the Pokemon in which you are drinking. The Bulbasaur one looks very, very good to me, and I don't even like matcha, but the Mew one is also super cool because it's Mew, and who doesn't love Mew? The Legendary 151, and they're only about $5. Are you either of you Boba Tea fans? Yeah, I, and these look delicious, in my opinion. I mean... I, I would be all for this. I We need to have a sweet dynasty bubble tea drink bar here in the States so we can get our hands on this. Like the Pikachu bubble mango smoothie bubble tea. <laughs> not only does it roll off the tongue, but it looks delicious. I, I want that. I want the bubble star one. And I'm, I'm just like you, Mats. Like I like matcha, but recently I just I haven't liked it as much, but I would still drink it. Just have bubble star in my cup. I would yeah. drink it. I'd be so into it. When we were in... Where are we at? Uh, Singapore, maybe. There's uh, Tea Live, Tea Live, Tea Live, or whatever. It's a big chain that's everywhere. Very, very good. I can see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Over here in the States, we, there's not really chains of boba. You know, there's Froyo mm. chains. Here in Seattle, we have Share Tea, which is actually from Taiwan. There's a few of them around, but I don't really see a nationwide change it seems like the sweet dynasty bubble tea drink bar which is a great name for a for a look for a location seems as if it's probably all over the place i don't live in japan so i don't know but um is there boba tea places by you we don't we don't really have a a chain it's a lot of like independently owned shops maybe there's one Mm. in the mall that you might pass that some family owns asian market will have like their little stand off to the side Mm. That's about it. No chains. Hmm. But speaking of Pokemon, Pokemon Go turned three years old yesterday, this past Saturday. Um, Yeah. So it's been three years, guys. And I had a question for you. Since its release, since it's kind of gone through a couple iterations, what features did they add that you think improved the game the most? I, I mean, for me, it would have to be the adventure mode. I mean... The the fact that it's counting steps without having it open is a huge, huge game changer, to be to be honest. It's th- that should have always been the case. They should have always had that. And uh yeah, I would say that's the number one. I honestly can't remember too much of of what it was like when it first launched. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. When it first launched, it was just there weren't even raid battles yet. Mm-mm. You couldn't mm. you didn't have friend battles which i've still never battled a friend but there weren't i don't think there were gift systems i don't really remember all that trade you couldn't trade there's 150 pokemon and a bunch of pokestops pretty much Mm -hmm. for me i agree i i think that the adventure mode and the adventure tracker are the big ones for me because what it did is instead of having um just pokestops to go to and pokemon to collect 
it gave me individual missions that I needed to achieve. Uh, and that's important because that gives me that, that wow factor. Uh, and what I mean by wow is world of Warcraft factor, because when we started <laughs> playing wow back in our UAT days, uh, the thing that really got you into MMOs, at least for me, I don't know about the two of you, but it was that instant gratification. So of course, catching a Pokemon and doing the thing is instantly gratifying, but it's the instant gratification of completing a task. That's what humans, we love that. We love, give me some, I'll do it. What's that? Oh, and you give me something back. I love it. So I enjoy that aspect of it. And I honestly, like you, Michael, I think that the tracking my steps in which I'm already doing Game changer. I don't even play Harry Potter because it's not tracking my steps and I don't, I don't That's care. what I was so just going to take... say. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, it's fine. But I think it's funny that you guys both said the Adventure Sync and this Harry Potter game comes out and that's like the number one thing that everybody likes that's not in it. But, and, and I also agree with you, Mots, with having like the instant gratification thing, but I look at it more as um, the campaigns or like the missions that they have you do now. I love that. Mm -hmm. That, that's what I get gratification from. Hatching eggs is cool, but I like completing tasks and having like, I check my phone to see what task I can do that day. And if I can do it, awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Just adding some depth to yeah. the game. It's a reason to come back. It's a reason to keep playing it. I hope it keeps evolving. No pun intended. <laughs> I hope it keeps evolving, but uh, I do wish there was, I still, I still wish there was more when it, when this game had its peak, I remember being groups of people walking around and how exciting that was. Mm. But what I really want to see is I want to see other trainers on the map with me. And mm. then there was the idea that you could make actual friends through the game, not just in person, but you could say, Oh, who, Oh, you're whatever. We're, let's be buddies. Let's trade our Pokemon. Let's actually be having conversations and, and interacting in person, but also through our game, because a lot of times it was people walking around with their phone and, there wouldn't be interactions. It would be, you know, Waze does it where you can see other people using the app on the map. What if it was just a feature like that where I could see other trainers kind of mingling around the neighborhood mm -hmm. and you could click on them if you're close and say, hey, want to battle or want to do whatever. I just think those kind of things go one step further. You could always you could always turn it off if it's a safety or security thing. But I do think it adds another level of um, just depth to the game where you could, you know, it's like being in the real world with actual Pokemon trainers. It, it makes it feel even more real if you know there's other trainers there with you. It helped you decipher, too, who is playing Pokemon and who is playing Harry Potter, especially in my neighborhood. Because yeah. I live in a really historical neighborhood, so there's always people walking down the street staring at their phones, and I'm like, what do you think they're playing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do I do think that that would be a cool idea, and they could uh, implement that feature similar to how Strava implemented the mm. just tracking location, uh, privacy concerns, because what they do there is you say, here is a location on a map that I would like for you to put a circle around and don't ever show anyone that. So they don't know where your house at. And they put a random circle. So it's randomized. So you, it's not just in the middle of the circle. Mm -hmm. That'd be stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really nice to have. And you could be like, Oh, this is my work. This is my home. Uh, yeah. And it's only, it's only active when the app is open. So like when I'm out and maybe it's, it's open and you hit a button and you see it, things like that. Uh, that could be very nice uh, in general. I do still see people out battling and raiding all the time uh, in the city. Smaller groups, but people are definitely doing it. 
And I'm sure that in the next few weeks, people will be out more because there's a new armored Mewtwo that will appear in five-star rays that they just announced between the 10th and the 31st, which is pretty cool. I've never participated in a five-star raid. Maybe I have once. We did once. Uh, I didn't catch it, but I would like to get an armored Mewtwo because who doesn't want an armored Mewtwo? That just sounds cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I will say this. I also appreciate in the game that they've added more Pokemon over time. I enjoy that because there are more Pokemon for me to catch. But on top of this, in three years, this mobile game, I spent the most money on out of any mobile game. Not too much, probably $30-40, mostly around getting my bag bigger because I want to store more things. I want to flip all the things. And also, whenever there's big promotions, I'll buy some so I can get the egg incubators which are way more important now that it's like a moneymaker, right? I'm, I'm hatching eggs all over the place, yeah. you know, and I need those incubators, 10 kilometers, psh, do that in half the time. Boom. So that, those are my two cents on Pokemon go. That's it. You know what time it is? It's Michael's little lava supply job. So we don't have, I mean, there's been updates, but this is actually just kind of fun stuff. As we know, every season, as it comes to a close, Epic and in Fortnite, you start to see something kind of alluding to what the next season's going to be. And we, we're starting to see that. It's happening, guys. And I don't know, Mats, if you've noticed, but there's some crazy stuff happening in Fortnite lately. So the first thing I want to talk about, this isn't leading up to the new season, I don't think. But the first thing I want to talk about is that there seems to be a Stranger Things Fortnite crossover happening. And if you go into the mall in Fortnite, you will see the portals from Stranger Things popping up. Right now, if you go into the portal, it just pops you to a different spot in the mall. So that's cool. It ties in. Apparently, season three has a lot to do with malls. Uh, I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. I haven't I thought seen you were gonna say, I thought you were, say you're a huge mall fan. I'm a huge mall I'm a, fan. I I'm love a malls. huge I've been a mall fan since way back. Uh, so I'm so happy there's a mall in Fortnite. But yes, I'm. Oh, and on top of that, which I didn't find, but I saw it when I was researching the Stranger Things crossover. There's apparently a ice cream shop in the mall mm. that's pulled directly from the Stranger Things set. Uh, and I think that's cool. I, I like these crossovers. I know a lot of people are feeling like, oh, it's just advertising. It's marketing or whatever. Uh, to those people... I don't know what to tell you. I think it's kind of fun. If you hate life, then you probably hate this too. So I don't know what to say. I think it's cool. But the bigger thing, the season 10 teaser that's happening right now is maybe like a a, a Godzilla-esque like battle of epic proportions because right now if you have been to Polar Peak, you'll notice that the castle is just gone. We don't know where it went. It's gone. But I can tell you that there's giant footprints walking off into the ocean. And other people have posted that they have video evidence, kind of like a Bigfoot, of the castle sinking into the ocean. It's on this thing's back. It's just swimming around the ocean somewhere. We don't know where. Also, there's footprints crushing different buildings in Fortnite right now so i just went by loot lake and there's a there's a big mess because this monster apparently destroyed something 
On top of that, if you go to the volcano, something is building a giant robot. Right now, there's two legs there. It's massive. It's it's like 10 people stacked up tall just for the leg. And I think it's going to be uh, an epic battle. And, and we may just bear witness to it. I don't even know if we get to participate, but it looks good. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the video and it's kind of like you're watching uh, it, because somebody had it captured on their TV and then they're filming it with their camera. So it's like this. You are watching Bigfoot walk through the wild sort of thing. It's not. It's kind of blurry. You got to squint a little bit, but you can absolutely see the the castle that was on the peak is now strapped to this lizard. People, everybody says it's a lizard strapped to its back in some way, and it's like moving through the ocean, and then it just kind of goes out of sight. It like goes down underneath. So there's some giant creature walking around. Be safe out there people be safe that's all i can say you know i said it before and i'll say it again this is the best season ever and that's so crazy <laughs> the builds up the build up to the next season is part of the season and mm-hmm. i'm really again enjoying this season i've almost finished all the all the things but so much good stuff in it and and i did i did notice the stranger things right away but i do want to point out one other thing there's finally a good block in it right now I hate the block. The block is terrible. It's always the worst. People, I mean, I love that people are creatives. I hate the block. There's never been a good block. Is there, have you, can you, I don't like the block either. I hate the block. And if people don't know what the block is, and we'll get off of Fortnite, but it's user-generated content that gets put into the map like every week. But this week, it's a roller coaster. It's cool. It's Now, what I'm saying, epic, hello, Get some amusement park stuff where we can ride roller coasters around Fortnite, oh, yeah. just like the Dyson vacuums. But we're like, nyeow, nyeow. that'd be amazing. I'm in. Or like yeah, a, cool. a roller coaster tycoon crossover, so you can actually use parts to build. That'd be fun. And, that'd be amazing. Exactly. Instead of building your forts, you are getting the metal, and the metal you're building roller coaster tracks. I like it. I like it. But I, I'm excited. I, I'm really enjoying. I was walking around today or yesterday and i i walked up to this thing i'm like where where did this go and then i looked it up i'm like oh my goodness it's so crazy this is free people it's a free game you don't have to pay a dime and it changes almost every week i don't understand where the hate comes from it's a free game (laughs) is it free i think it's free it's Uh, free All right. Yeah, I, but it's just crazy to me. Christina, are you going to tell us what's not free? All of the <laughs> top 10 bestsellers of the week. <laughs> uh, starting us off at first place comes Super Mario Maker 2. Second is Robonauts. Third is Super Mario Maker 2 plus Switch Online. Fourth is Minecraft. Fifth is Cadence of Hyrule. Sixth, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Seventh is Terraria. Eighth, My Friend Pedro. Nine, Cuphead. And ten, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. And that's it. Nice. Nice. Kind of expected. Was, my, was Minecraft a, on yeah. the list last week? Do you remember? Uh, I think it's always on the list. Robonauts wasn't that moved up. Terraria moved up. There's a couple that jumped around. Must be on, must be on sale. Dragon Ball, that jumped up. Last, so. last week, you said that... Uh, Stardew Valley wasn't on the list, and that surprised mm. you. In which it's not on the list still, yeah. but you know Mario Maker it's taking two spots. So kind of not fair know. if you think about it. 
Come on, Super Mario Maker 2, move yeah. over. You have your spot. Well, there's there's some good... It's nice seeing some new games. Bloodstained on there, yeah. Cadence of Hyrule. I mean, Robonauts, that, I don't think that's ever made the top 10, so they must be practically giving that away. But it's nice seeing some of these games in the top 10. You know, Stardew's been there for for a year it can it can take some time in like the 15th spot or wherever it is right now it's okay it's all right now some games that we may see popping up there very soon are all the new releases so july 9th we have hyper light ultimate for nine dollars but it's on sale for six dollars senrin kagura beach ball forty dollars july 10th we have dr mario world coming out free game for mobile ios and android Definitely checking it out. We have Grass Cutter Mutated Lawns for $7 on sale, whopping discount to $6.30. Soul Seraph for $15. On the 11th, we have Skulls of the Shogun Bonafide Edition, $20 half off on sale. Nelly Kutalat, The Foul Fleet, $20 on sale, $18. Professor Lupo and his Horrible Pets, $15. It is also on sale for $12.75. Doodle God, Crime City, is $7 on sale for $5. Way Out, $3. Eagle Island is $20. Blazing Chrome for $17. Vector Wars for $10. Cyberare Delta for $30. Dead in Vinland, True Viking Edition, $28. Metalloid Origin, $10. On the 12th, we have the big one, Dragon Quest Builders 2, $60. Streets of Rogue for $20. God Eater 3, $60. Super Mutant Alien Assault for $10 on sale for $9. Mad Bullets for $9. And last but not least, Lethal League Blaze for $20. Now let's go back to the top. And Christina, what do you got? Obviously, Dr. Mario World, because it's free. Um. I'm gotcha. yeah I have to I signed up for it earlier today or downloaded nice. it or whatever pre-ordered it whatever you do on the phone <laughs> um and then the only other one I had checked was dead in Vinland true Viking edition <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm kind of embarrassed to say it but it looks funny <laughs> I thought it I thought it kind of looked good yeah. not for 28 dollars no. but I, I thought it was interesting I liked uh like what I saw it's it's got a lot of the ingredients that I like in a game. So you're doing survival and management and things like that. And I, I like that. Yeah, it's like a survival RPG. You are the head of your family and you're trying to survive and manage their mood. And so you're managing your wife's mood and making sure that you and your wife and kid are healthy. Just like fun stuff like that. But it's definitely on the wish list. Uh, if it goes on sale, I'll probably get it. Well, I had a lot more than one title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had a lot of them. You know, you take a week off and then you're like, I need all these games. Uh, I will say I'm going to download because I think it came out last week or the week before and we forgot to mention it, which is that the uh, uh, what's it called? The That free game, not Warframe, because that already came out. But the Royal what, Realm Royale came out. It's free now. You can mm. grab that. Uh, I don't think it was on the list because it was already out technically, but you could buy it. But I need mm-hmm. to get that. Uh, so if you don't get that, you can get it. Dr. Mario World, obviously. I put Hyperlight Ultimate on my list uh, because I love this is a this week is a you can tell that James loves twin stick shooters. I'm a big <laughs> fan of twin stick shooters. And this is a it almost reminds me of um 
what's that one game? The it was on the Xbox original. I had all the Geometry Wars. Yeah, Geometry Wars. I'm like, it has all the geometry, and it's like they're in a war. Geometry Wars. It's sort of, <laughs> sort of like Geometry Wars where you're collecting things instead of blowing up things, uh, which looks really cool. Uh, this had come out before, but it also has you know two-player co-op, four-player local battles, uh, which is cool. I don't have any friends. There is online global leaderboard, so it kind of reminds me of the Super Destronaut type of you know action, lots of neon in your face. That looked cool to me, uh, and I like twin-six shooter things. Uh, then this other game, Soul Seraph, I believe that's what it's pronounced as from Sega and Ace Team. This game for 15 bucks looked really nicely done. Uh, it's a larger game. Uh, this is the team between Rock of Ages and Xenoclash. And this game is a tower defense slash action platformer. So, you know, half of yours are action platforming, kind of side scroller ish. And then you have this huge tower defense, sort of middle um, medieval times esque, it looks like in theory uh, on it. It, lo- it looks really nice. And I haven't played a tower defense game in a while. And I kind of feel like, you know, uh, Ace Team and Sega, it's kind of a good combo there. So that was that was on my list in general. Um, I know you, Michael, said no. Didn't then didn't didn't float your fancy. I I gave this a check because like the Viking game, it's a lot of the ingredients I like. I mean, tower defense. I'm into that. The only the only issue I had when I was watching this was the side scrolling because it's a very strange game because it's a top down tower defense, and then at some point you sort of swoop in and are battling the same like minions you're trying to defeat with your tower defense component. So then you go into like this 2d platformer action game. And that part in the trailer looked a little cheesy to me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure how I felt about that. The tower defense part of it looks really good. So I just, I, I, I put a check it's on the wish list. Maybe when that goes on sale, I would grab it because I I like tower defense games. Yeah. So I, I just was apprehensive. That's gotcha. All. Yeah, that one to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I sort of wish there was a demo. Big, big fan of demos. I was about grass cutter, mutant lawns. Hello. How did you not check this people? The lawns. I'll, I'll be talking. I'll be talking about there, it. There's a demo, man. Uh, I'll be talking. I didn't about know there's a demo. Um, yeah. Instant buy, regardless of what you say. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't. I won't ruin it because there's lawns and you gotta. They're mutant and you gotta go things. So we'll just wait until the end for that because I don't know how it is. <laughs> I also put on uh, Skull of the Shoguns uh, because it's been around for quite a long time. It comes out for like every system ever, but this is the definitive. Has everything. It's a fast-paced turn-based strategy game, but. They're the skulls of the Shogun. It's Shogun-esque era, but all of the characters are skulls, hence the name Skulls of the Shogun. Uh, And it it was an amazing game when it first came out. This game does have four-player online, cloud save data, and supports the smartphone app. So just saying, I feel like they went the extra mile there. Um, The other ones I put out was Way Out because that's like Lights Out. Have you ever played Lights Out ever? Mm Mm-mm. I have not. Christina, this is right up <laughs> I, your boat. I did. Right up your alley <laughs> on your boat. It's on my boat. <laughs> it's on your boat. It's in it's in and around a boat. You're you're putting up a mast on a boat and then the logo is way out. If you were on a boat in an alley, this well you could be more you because I didn't put a check on this. 
<laughs> I thought I thought it looked cool, but I, I just wasn't. I don't know. It didn't grab me. Well, lights out. Yeah, well, lights out is all about you. You press the little lights, and they flip colors in the one next to you, and you're trying to put out all the lights. It's calm. It's relaxing. I'm imagining this is touchscreen. So again, right up your boat, no. <laughs> Christina. <laughs> it, it looked nice. It reminded me of the line a- lines X a little bit. It's I know nothing you... like lines X. <laughs> Way up. <laughs> no, I mean just the, I know. The, the style. It, I mean, it's complete. <laughs> it's a completely different game. Yes, but like the style, I, I the aesthetics. No, to me, it looks cool. Yeah, no, I, like I agree the with you there. A lot. I think seeing the you push okay. down a switch and other lights turn on. That would drive me insane. I would find this game very frustrating. I wouldn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> mm. But to each their own. I mean, that's cool okay. that you put a check right. on it. <laughs> well, I mean, three dollars. That's going to go it's gotta, on sale. It's got to be bulk. seventy cents. I'll pick this up for a month, yeah. for sure. That's that's what oh, Lines X was. Wow. Okay, well, tough room. <laughs> all right, well. Nope. Not, it's definitely not up your boat. <laughs> it's not up your boat. All right. Well, one game that's up my boat is the Streets of Rogue because you know Michael and I. We love roguelikes, and this isn't a roguelike. It's a rogue light. Whoa. <laughs> uh, now, you know Streets of Rage. You guys, you guys know Streets mm-hmm. of Rage. This is Streets of Rogue. It's a roguelite about choice, freedom. It's a twin-stick shooter that's rogue-ish, RPG-ish, and at the same time, an immersive simu- sim. <laughs> that's what it says. It looks over-the-top mm-hmm. ridiculous. I love twin-stick shooters. What's intriguing me about this game, not only is it being published by Tiny Build Games, which I'm a big fan of, but it also has four-player online co-op. Again, I love when games have online elements. I probably won't play them, but like, you know what? Put my $20 to use. Who doesn't love that? Ah, yeah. Anyways. This reminded me of the, the bird game. Uh, Blazing Birds. I don't know. Well, Blazing Birds. That, it, it very much felt like Blazing Birds yeah. to me. That's the only reason I didn't check this because I was like, I already got Blazing Birds, so Blazing Birds. I don't need to pay another $20, but it, if you like that, you, you probably love Blaze this. those birds up. That's what I say. Well, and I won't spend $20 on it, but it is on the wish list. Uh, 10 bucks I'm in. Uh, last one before I shut up that I have to mention because I never played any of the games in the series, but I've always been intrigued, but they've never been on a Nintendo system is God Eater 3 from our good friends over at Bandai Namco. Now, if you've never played a God Eater game, have you either played God Eater games ever? I'll be talking <laughs> about it in a minute. Okay. Uh, was there a demo for this too? <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a lot of demos. Yeah, man. Oh, man, I got to... I thought we had the group chat where you would say, hey, hey guys, there's a new demo. Go play it. <laughs> Demo guys, I would I would have been talking about a couple of these uh, for 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 the next segment. Well, so God Eater, correct me if I'm wrong. You go in and you battle huge, crazy gods, like almost Shadow of the Colossus. Is that correct? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, At least that's what I got from the 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 demo. And what if I was to tell you that you can play this game with eight people's online? That would be cool. I w- I would like that. I didn't get that. I didn't get that uh feel from the demo but i i am gonna have some some thoughts choice words about the demo mm. but uh okay. i think that would Your choice words make it better okay all right all right there you go. and you can also play four people locally so if we're ever in the same room local wi-fi boom good to go and all right well i'll be interested to see and then i'm gonna go play the demo and then i'll report on it next week sassy pants yeah anyways what did you like yeah, michael I'll, anything else anything else you want to add before you just played all the demos uh, 
No, no, there's not too much. Dr. Mario World, I already have that. So as soon as that comes out, it'll be downloading to my phone. I'm excited to try that. The other thing that I had to give a check to, I have no intention of buying it because I haven't played the first yet, is Dragon Quest Builders 2. But like I said about the first one, it's fan. The, I've only played the demo. It was wonderful, but I just want the price to drop. I just don't want to pay $60 for the game, especially now that there's a sequel. I'm hoping that it does because I really want to play this. Uh, there is a demo for Dragon Quest Builders 2. I decided not to play that because I didn't play through the whole first game and I don't want to ruin the first game. But if you are a fan of these two worlds dragon quest and or minecraft with a story type game you would probably love this and you should check them out but that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show what you playing well i'll kick it off and of course we know that i've been playing fortnite nobody cares uh it's very good again best season ever created Uh, i've only played two seasons so a little might be biased but it's very good and I spent a lot of time this week after the strong words from a few podcast hosts on Nintendo Dispatch about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, uh, because we all know that I was a Kickstarter backer. Uh, I We played the other uh, game that came out that the 8-bit version was very excellent, very, very good. It's a very small game, being a few hours. And there's crossover with that title of the Bloodstained game. That was 8-bit-esque because some of the same uh, monsters and enemies are in this game. But I've been waiting for this game for about four years uh, in general. And uh, it is a Castlevania, Metroidvania type of game. Uh, It's really just Castlevania. It's basically Castlevania. And if you like Castlevania and the aesthetics of going through a castle and beating up enemies and upgrading your um your character you'll probably really enjoy this game because that's the type of game i've been looking for since like symphony of the night and this game in general i'll talk first about the game itself so far i'm about three hours in and then i'll talk about some of the things that you talked about last week with the actual switch port itself so you play as this character, Miriam. You can change your name, but everything in the game has voice actors uh, support, uh, which is really nice. Just a story. The story does it hasn't really intrigued me at all, but again, I'm just in a castle beating up baddies. But the 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 interesting part about this game is that you have your normal weapons. So you have like you have like um, whips and guns and knives and swords and all those things that you can upgrade, you can craft, you can collect. Uh, different materials. There's an alchemist that will take any of your materials and upgrade things. Uh, you can do cooking, so you can create, you know, cooking things, kind of Zelda-esque, so you can power up your character. Uh, you can buy potions, uh, all that jazz. The unique spin on it is that every enemy has special abilities in the game. So maybe it's like a uh, like a ghost thing that is your 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 you kill and randomly it will drop this thing called a shard and the unique part about your character is that you're this shard how what do they call it shard binder or whatever and the idea was that 10 years ago they did these experiments or something and you could take these enemy shards and get powered up by them so you have your normal attacks and then you have these shards that uh upgrade you and you collect more and more shards of a specific type and then that 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 power gets more um 
uh, more powerful. So for one, the magic, the MP that you'll be spending, maybe you cast fire or like some acid or you um, have a, a wolf that goes and attacks in front of you, right? So you can use your MP and your MP is always increasing and you can, of course, hit lamps and get MP boosts and things like that. Um, so that's sort of the unique twist on it. The animation is really cool, though. It's a little weird and creepy. But whenever a shard occurs for the first time, the shard comes out of the sky and Miriam, she grabs it and she, she like injects it into herself. It's crazy. Uh, it's like, wow, my goodness, what just happened? Very cool animation because <laughs> it's powering yourself up. She's taking on the power of the shard. And you can upgrade the shards, you can sell the shards and, and things like that. So if you have too much of them, it's like a detriment. So the game itself, three hours in, is quite fun. It does suffer from the same uh, things that I don't like about a Metro Metroid game or a Castlevania game, which is save spot location. And if you die in a boss battle and you didn't find the save spot, which is usually outside of a boss battle, you go all the way back to 30 minutes ago and you've lost all your progress, just like any game, uh, which is super annoying. Uh, I wish that they would have taken the concept um, of more modern games and said, you know what? When you die, you can either go back to the save spot or right outside the battle that you were just in. Because there are instances of the game where maybe I'm going down the wrong path and I'm going down something too difficult. I was just playing for about 30 minutes and I went to this boss battle, destroyed me, and now I just lost 30 minutes of progress. That happened a few times today. It was quite upsetting. But that that is what those games are, you know, and maybe I need to be better at picking up on cues in the game. So, so far, I enjoyed the game from a game itself aspect. And this is more of a hands-on impression, so I'm going to go a little bit longer on this because Michael and I yesterday spent about an hour back and forth via text message talking about what you both talked about last week, which was the inherent issues of the Switch port. Now, I spent a lot of time not only playing the game, but watching videos and watching breakdowns of the games between Xbox, PlayStation, and the Nintendo Switch version. And from what we've seen, in general, the game has some bugs across all platforms. So sometimes when you go to read these books, it may crash the game. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, have not experienced it. There are some transitions between jumps, between like transitions in the level. The switch takes longer. I've not experienced anything as crazy as what they've seen. Maybe because I'm not playing in handheld mode, playing docked. Um, you know, there's that. I will say that I've experienced other weird glitches in the game. So for instance, sometimes when the text is being read, it's like missing a word. Like it'll just be a blank spot, like a missing word. Like it didn't know how to wrap the text. Uh, or sometimes it will, there'll be only half of it. And like, oh, they forgot to put the words here, but the voice actor did said it, you know? So I'm like, is that part of the script? I don't know. Uh, that That's okay. That doesn't impact the gameplay. It's a little bit weird when there's like a big blank and there should be a word there, but there's not. Um, that's a little weird. The other one that really upset me uh, and it was pissed me off was that I beat the first boss and it's sort of like an explosion type thing that happens and it starts rumbling the controller and it goes into the cutscene, and the controller continues to rumble it goes to the save, it continues to rumble, it go loads the next level, and it is just in full rumble mode. And 
<laughs> there's nothing I could do about it. I had to go turn off HD rumble and then it actually turned it off. I, I thought maybe I'll play a little bit. Some other action will occur. It'll kick it back. That happened. I've noticed that I believe what happens is before they go into a loading screen or a transition, they are not cutting off the, the controller inputs of what's happening. So for instance, if I am, and, and I think they need to keep it on for like the jumps where you're jumping through a level, they need to keep the momentum. But I've noticed that sometimes when I walk through a door, I'll be walking still even though I'm not actually pressing on the controller because I was walking previously or maybe I'll be jumping. And I, there's this one point where I was watching, walking forward and I ended up jumping and moving and dropped down the floor and I wasn't even pressing any buttons, but it was because it was from the other room in the transition. So weird things, right? It just feels like there's some polish missing there. Um, I haven't, I'd spent a lot of time today after I watched the side-by-side -side comparison and you know it's very clear that the graphics aren't as good. You know it, they're pr they're little they're pretty muddy. Uh, they're not unplayable though. I totally fine. I enjoy the gameplay. The input lag that seemed to be the biggest issue is definitely there. However, I guess maybe I'm just not as super technical as some people, so it's it is bugging me, but not to a point in which it's unplayable. The low times where they say are bad. The load times of the game, completely fine. They're not like little nightmares, anything like that. I've noticed that one time I've seen it where it did take about 15 seconds to load the next screen and I was jumping. And then I fell back down because I kind of took my hands off the controller. But in that case, when I jumped up again, it was already preloaded. So it did, there was no lag. Uh, and that I think could be fixed maybe. But all in all, I'm not super frustrated. I still think that it's fun so far. Um, it is a Castlevania type game. It is expensive, obviously, for what it's worth, but I was a Kickstarter backer, so I was going to get it anyways. But I believe that hopefully on the 15th, when the next patch is released, they address some of these minor things. And even if they could fix everything and not do anything with the graphics, I would still be okay. It's not beautiful. It's not a, it's not a beautiful game, which is sad because Little Nightmares was a beautiful game like it just looked beautiful it just took forever and a billion days to load so i'm okay with this game not being super crazy beautiful because there are some beautiful parts to it uh but i would rather that they smooth out some of those 30 frames per second seems okay the resolution seems okay i'm not as mad as i thought i was gonna be after listening to the podcast after the podcast <laughs> I was like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna hate it <laughs> and then i played it and i was like not too bad i'm more frustrated in the classic Metroidvania type of gotchas, mm. which are uh. forgot to save my game. I'm an idiot. Hmm. I mean, that sounds like the cons I would say that the consensus on the game is that it's playable. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody's said on the on the Switch. Now, I would I would argue though that it's beautiful on the other systems. I would say mm -hmm. it's a, a much nicer looking game, like yeah. border on. Very well, well done. High uh, res. On beautiful. the Xbox One X specifically, it's a native 4K, and that game looks spectacular. The PlayStation 4 version looks better than the Pro version, funnily enough, because they're using different technology. The Switch, I believe the problem with it more than anything is the type of rendering and rasterization that they're doing 
in the it's cell shaded but not cell shaded so it makes it kind of look worse at the lower resolution yeah um but yeah i will say i am pretty jealous of the xbox one x yeah it does it does look nice now from from the couple of people that i've watched or read they have said if you can wait and you don't need to play it right now do that because they will fix probably a majority of these problems Mm -hmm very fairly soon you know like you said one update's already coming out on the 15th and that's kind of where i fall in i don't need to play it i'm excited to play it i still want to play it but i don't need to play it and so i'm going to wait i'm going to let them get a few updates out let them get some of those even if it's just the jump so there's no delay Mm -hmm. there's no lag there's no like little hiccups when i'm trying to save the game that's all i care about fix that i can handle you know graphically subpar but just fix those other issues. I don't want to be playing something where it's janky and I'm dying because, especially in a game like this, yeah. because maybe the the room didn't load or something weird. It's true. You know? It's true. That's it. Sweet. So now I'll jump into some of the things that I've been playing like you. Fortnite was one of them. And then I went on a crazy demo downloading spree uh, because I I had just happened to check and I saw I still have one or two other demos that I haven't even been able to play yet. One of those demos we actually discussed last week. It's Ovivo, Avivo, I think we decided to call it. And this is a this is a puzzle game it kind of remember reminds me of when i was playing semblance where you could like move the map and kind of like you had like this little blob and you had to like move like terraform the world to kind of solve the puzzles this is very similar except the world is black and white and what you're doing is you're not shaping the world but you have the ability to merge into the white side of things or the black side of things when you are in that side white is I think the gravity is down and black as the gravity is up or something or vice versa. Mm. And that's how you work the puzzle. It's basically you're riding this wave. And when you get it, it's extremely satisfying because you're kind of following these slopes and curves and everything's got this like organic shape to it. And you have to quickly keep switching back and forth. And if you do it timed right, you'll be using the gravity to build up momentum and you'll drop and then you'll change into like the white area and you'll shoot up to the next black area. And then you have to keep kind of, it's almost like a ballet. You're kind of dancing back and forth through this map. The thing I don't like about it. And the thing that really reminds me of semblance is that you have no idea what is going Mm. on. The story is very like just made up. Like you got some symbols and you're collecting junk and there's nothing to it. So I wish they just, stripped any of that out and just said like level one one and you do you make your way through level two one whatever you know i don't like when they try to put in this idea that there's a story there but it's just so abstract you're just kind of doing things and collecting things for no reason i got through the end of the demo and it pans out and it shows you like oh you're part of this yin yang sort of world and you're whatever i it doesn't make any sense the the actual game play itself is super interesting but it's not something i would buy after i got done with the demo i was like cool i got it i got the gist i'm moving on to something else if you like these sort of games and it is very it is almost soothing the music is really well done and when you get that rhythm it's super satisfying you're just you're like I said, you're dancing through the game. It's really cool. It's really frustrating until you get to that point. But when you get it, 
it's it's pretty cool. So I would check it out at least the demo. Now, Grass Cutter, as you had mentioned before, this game reminded me heavily of Pokemon Quest. If you that isometric cube kind of plasticky shape look to it. Um, what's the other one? Crossy Road, I think was the app. It it looks very similar to that. So Grass Cutter is the same isometric sort of plastic top-down look. Uh, it's cute. It's super cute. And it's a puzzle game. That's all it boils down to. You are operating this this lawnmower and you're working your way around the, the, the yard, avoiding obstacles and... The stars, you get one, two, or three based on how quickly you're able to do it. And it seems like you can get power-ups or buy new lawnmowers <laughs> or something. But it's cute. Uh, if it's cheap enough, it's definitely worth playing. Again, like Ovivo, after I was done with the demo, I was kind of like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm good with this game. I, I won't say it's a bad game. The music was really good, really catchy music, and just, just well done. It's just I didn't feel like I need to keep playing it or pay for it i guess professor lupo and his horrible pets this is another puzzle game everything is a puzzle game apparently uh it was interesting kind of boring after a little bit essentially you professor lupo has this idea to bring all of these these warlords to this spaceship and he has been collecting horrible pets, monsters from all over the universe. And he's trying to sell them to the warlords so they can go back to earth and use them however they want. Well, this thing happens and they all start getting loose and you are the intern and you have to try to get away from them. So maybe the slug looking thing with a big mouth and big teeth can only move in one direction. So you have to keep that in mind as the rolly ball one is trying to come at you. So you're just moving around the space station, trying to get out and get to the next level by avoiding all of the horrible pets. It's cute. I wouldn't pay for it personally, but there's a demo. God Eater 3. Now, this is a $60 game. This is a big one. I, like you, have never played any of these God Eater games. I will start by saying I believe that this is – it had the same issue as that Monster mm, yeah, Hunter yeah, yeah. demo where it just doesn't – it's just a really crappy demo because it drops you in. You, you do some customization of your character, pretty meaningless. Like you pick your name and you do this and you, you don't even know why you're doing it. There's no story. At least they don't tell you anything. You're in a cell with like two other people, which I assume probably fills up with the eight uh. you are playing with actual friends. And that's the hub. I, I hope it's more than that. But essentially you're in a cell, like an actual cell. You're a prisoner. You got your hands cuffed. And you walk up to this screen and it gives you one of six missions and you walk to the jailer and he opens the door and lets you out. And then you're thrown into this match with some, you know, AI character and he's kind of filling you in on what you do. And you have the God arc, which can turn into a shield or a gun or a sword. And it's just like Monster Hunter. You're just kind of big and you're fighting these other things that are big and slashing and the demos are the hmm. demos terrible it made me not want the game at all graphically it looks interesting but shallow it there's nothing to it it looks just like games that hmm. look just like this monster hunter astral chain like a lot's happening there's a lot of fire and sparks and battles and big things but why am I doing it? I don't know. I feel like these trailers or these demos need to add a little more personality to them 
to get you invested, to make me feel like I need to play it because just having a shiny coating, and at least for me, isn't enough certainly to pay $60. It's just not that interesting. I'll be really interested to see what you think. I only played about three of the quests because I just, I was like, I'm doing the same thing over and over. I I lost. I'm downloading it now, so we'll see because that sort of sounds just like what I thought it was going to be in general, like these big Mm. boss battles. But I am curious to know if there's more of a story to it some way. Maybe I'll try to find a review because this came out in February. So it's originally and now it's coming to switch. So it's not that long Mm. of a release later. And it's the third one, which means that it's done fairly well. But I'll be interested to see how I how I react to it, because I also have that same issue with Monster Hunter. I've always had now I know the new new Monster Hunter, like the new one world that's not on the Switch apparently fixes all those problems. Everyone says it's the most amazing Monster Hunter game ever created and fix all those problems that Monster Hunter just built up over the years. So maybe God God Eater 3 is just, they're expecting people to know what's up and what's happening. But to me, it's new. So Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then the last demo I tried mm. was Rain City. We talked about this last week. And it's a very cute sort of point and click story based. You're looking for your sister in this atmospheric world. And it's done up to look very child book. It's got very more like an illustrated book look and feel to it. Very, very beautiful. I think it's young. It's definitely targeting a much younger audience. I didn't get the impression like it's difficult or spooky. I played it for a little while and thought, cute but i think they're aiming for a much younger crowd so that was that was me so i downloaded the ovivo demo but i didn't play yet so i'll i'll probably have something to say about it next week but i'm interested in trying it um and the grass cutter so when i saw the i don't know if they had a video for it but i looked at the pictures of it and I was like, oh, this is cute. But ultimately, I didn't really want to be a mutated lump of grass. And that's why I didn't put a check mark next to it. But I don't know. I might I might try it now that there's a demo. And I know there's a demo for it. I might grab it. But I would yeah. try it. But honestly, I don't think you are the lump of grass. No? I think that's the oh. boss. Because you are the lawnmower. And at least in the demo, you're playing as a lawnmower cutting. Okay, the see, I didn't get that impression. I looked at the... Um, me neither okay well i'll, I'll try it um uh, and other than that all i did was play breath of the wild i'm in the middle of fighting calamity ganon right now and i might you're in the middle in like the middle of yes it. and michael i do want to say if you were deciding whether or not you wanted to have the guardians help or defeat all the guardians you you should before you do the boss battle no all, i've already oh, defeated all, all the guardians Oh, I thought you didn't. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. No, you didn't. F- yeah, Mods did. The very first time I met it was- Ganon, I had okay. not. I I met him by accident. I w- it wasn't mm. a planned thing. But no, I have all my guardians done. So Mods, did you like go and fight Ganon yet? Or I I, I crept around. I, I did a little creeping in the castle. No, creeping, creeping. I mean, what's going on? But no, I I want to go back and. Yeah, finish it. I, I ended up buying the walkthrough like guidebook because I'm bad at video games. So I needed someone to hold my hand through some <laughs> of the quests. So that I you need to go back and actually finish it like you are. So you'd be the first one of the three on the podcast after two years to actually <gasps> finish this game. So Oh man. Yeah. And yeah. I just got my switch yeah. six months ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, to be fair, you've been holding it ransom from me for six months, so I haven't been able to play well, it. You even had if it for I a year and a half to. before that, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, fair but, enough. Yes, I'm right in the middle, and I'm just I'm very anxious to get back to Did and yeah, other well, than that, online decks. So how is, how is that? Did you talk about it last week? Yeah, uh, I was at level fifty three. I think I think there's only a hundred levels, but. I think now I'm at 72 and I'm stuck. I can't. I can't figure it out. It's too much of a puzzle it's on, for me. I saw it's on sale for 74 cents. So when I got it, it was on sale for 70. Ooh. Yeah. So so oh, is it worth yeah. 70 or uh, 74? I think I think that's it's the worth true, that's 70. That's the hard hitting question. Not 74. Not 74. No. <laughs> oh no. Sorry, Moss. No, Sorry, no. Moss. You should grab. It's just a very relaxing game. I will say that um, you can play it touch screen. I use touchscreen, but you can also use controls. So whatever works best for you. It's just easiest for me with touchscreen. But nice. Yeah. All right. That's this is the longest podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's get everyone out of here. Thank both of you so much for hanging out with me and, and having me back. Because I thought after last week, it went so good that I wasn't going to be invited back. So I appreciate both of you. <laughs> no it's this is the way to do it this is the, the dream team well you can of course find us everywhere on the internet we do stream live on twitch if you ever want to join in on the fun twitch.tv slash nintendo dispatch you can go to nintendodispatch.com to do all the cool things you can find our twitter account on there you can also find our discord account uh, account on there there's a join discord chat group so if you want to chat with us on discord hang out there um follow us on twitter all the things tell our friends about your friends about the podcast and um that's gonna do it i think so thanks everyone for listening in until next week this has been your nintendo dispatch